Okay, now Al, I need you to lift these heavy things in a high-tech laboratory with a dozen scientists obser observing you. Alrighty, let's see what we can do. Wow, I'm, that, that's amazing. Alright, and now Rob, uh, can you throw this bunch of giant logs around in the punishing Russian winter? <laughs> see, that was the log flying... I said logs. Oh well, more logs going. Oh, logs! No. All right, now, 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 back to Alistair. Look out for that Cossack over there <laughs> in Soviet Russia. Okay, punch this fancy robot that measures how hard you said hit said punch heavy robot. Just hit it. <laughs> nice, that was a good I score. Think I got a lot of spittle <laughs> everywhere. But the robot's head came clean off. So it's channeling Hugh Jackman. And now, Rob, I need you to bench press this ox while growing a beard. All right. <laughs> That was just the sound of me growing the beard. Nice the work ox, on the beard. The ox was no effort whatsoever. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yes, this is Podcast the Movie, and we have just learnt that a training montage doesn't work so well with the audio medium. I'm Mitch Alexander, <laughs> and this is our Sports with a Z tribute in honour of that thing happening in, Lund in London with huge advertisements running around cleverly disguised as athletes. I'm joined as ever by my pals Alastair Duncan and Rob Newcomb. If they're panting heavily, it's because they were just recreating that scene in Rocky 2 where Rocky and Apollo Creed ran along a beach and then homoerotically splashed around in tank tops. <laughs> they did too. Fantastic. <laughs> I really liked that part. Hey guys, how you doing? Hello. Pretty good. Pretty good. Good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. <laughs> so what's on this Sports with a Z show? The Olympic opening ceremony was a, was a marvellous spectacle displaying the best of Britain, specifically Mike Oldfield. We talked the winners and <laughs> losers of the event and what has benefited from a teen literature turned blockbuster movie at this year's Olympics. For AVNA, we are keeping the theme going with a barrage of our favourite moments when sport and pop culture collide. I think we'll all agree that the best part of competitive sport is when we're not actually competing. Yes. Yeah. It's nice. Um, Sometimes even watching is a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Quizmaster General Alastair Duncan is going to hammer us with sports-related questions. Why don't you just give us negative million points now and save the time? Hammer is indeed the word. Okay. This is a fiendish quiz. So Greece is not the <laughs> word. Fiendish questions. That's terrifying. <laughs> Funny, because Greece is a country that hosted the Olympics in what year? 2008. Four. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. Negative one. Yes. Negative one and the this, this sports hasn't even started. I can't um, remember anything after Barcelona. <laughs> so drunk. <laughs> Neither can Brian Ferry. <laughs> Let us start the show, as no one says. Okay, story number one. The Olympic opening ceremony was masterminded by slumdog millionaire director Danny Boyle and watched by a global audience of approximately 50 gajillion. It was a fact. Not me. It was a fantastic merging of technology, humour, music, and all those hip kids in their fluoro tweeting this and that. Um, what do we think of the event as entertainment? Rob, I know you've seen it. I, I have. have. Not all of it, but bits and pieces well, of it. Well, who's actually going to Yeah, who's going like, to watch all of it? Right, I didn't watch the entire frigging Parade of Nations. Let's be sure. specific. Yeah, just a bunch of people going, woo, for four hours yeah, walking Angola. around the track. Oh, the Angolan flag bearer's looking all right. <laughs> Look, I've, I, I watched absolutely none of it. I saw a bit of it on the internet, but I think that morning, Rage was doing some ridiculous thing. They were playing music videos with sports in them. So <laughs> I watched a bit of that. So completely cannot I felt compete. like I was doing my patriotic duty. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've, I've since seen blog posts about it. Um, I mean, I, I, I read a few days beforehand that they'd released a bit of information as misdirection, That's saying right. that there was going to yeah. be Voldemort 
and fighting with Mary Poppins. And I figured, okay, they're trying to throw people off the scent. Uh, but no, that happened. No, that, no, that was actually that, that, was, that, that was a thing. thing. That was like some long tribute to literary heroes. Or yeah, well, because Captain Hook was in there as well. and Yeah. Uh, someone else. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the child catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh who who mm. I swear to God thought was... Was not feeling. Like, if you look at it back again. Oh, yeah, it, it was. Kind of, it oh, was a, a bit tall guy with long hair and, and, and a hook nose. Who else could it oh, be? Oh, I'm Lady, a cockney. I'm a cockney. Lady Chatterley and her titular lover. Yeah, Kenneth Branagh was not playing Abraham Lincoln, surprisingly enough. Although, he, I'm he, sure all the Americans thought that. Well, that was pretty much... He's got a top hat. But that was the thing, like, on the internet, it wasn't even like they were like, that's weird, why is Abraham Lincoln there? They were like, oh, Abraham Lincoln's there, because of course. <laughs> it's like... But this is about England. You don't own top hats, America. So he was, to, like, in their defense, who he was actually playing was Isambard Kingdom Brunel, who is not that obscure, but... He's going to be in the next Batman film. He's <laughs> <Yeah>. Liam <laughs> Neeson's nephew. No, I think, like, Australia is the only country that eats its coat of arms. Britain, apparently, is the only country that gets its monarch to parachute into an Olympic opening <laughs> ceremony. It's the only Daniel one Craig. so far. And then, yeah. now. and then look really miserable and disengaged for the rest of the evening. Honestly, like, I imagine oh, if some Middle Eastern thing. country was to do that, if we do it with a bit more flair, like, they'd have him parachute in with, I don't know, Kanye West or something. <laughs> it would just be a little bit more exciting and a little bit less sad <laughs> than Aww. what we witnessed. But it was, it was Liz 2's, like, acting debut, mm. saying, hello, Mr. Bond. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, she crushed it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, second, in the world of tenuously justifying the success of something, this might have to take the cake. Archery at the Olympics has been a surprisingly popular event with spectators and watchers on TV alike. Why? Well... Isn't that kind of the same thing? What? Not to split hairs, but like spectating versus Spectating is like bums in seats okay. versus the people on in the TV land. So like if you were to say, you know, I like to watch, I like to spectate would just be gilding the lily. If you said you like to spectate, it means you like to like spend a lot of money and buy hot dogs for twelve dollars. That's the difference between watching and spectating. Fair enough. I just okay. want to make sure our, our nomenclature is is solid. It's spot on. I'm all it's, about it's that. Right. Thank you very much, Alistair. You're welcome, Thank you. Mitch. Thank you. Now, if you listen to some athletes, journalists, and more TV executives, aren't they busy executing? Executing TV. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the credit they credit the success to the popular Hunger Games movies and books. Plus more archery in films like Brave and The Avengers. Wow. I can't believe that I'm about to say this, but it seems like a long bow to draw. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a bullseye, Alexander. (laughs) (laughs) You're dead to me. Is that an archery term? Surely. Is everyone like, oh, wow, that's just like in the movies. I guess. <laughs> I guess seems we're, like... all, we're all kind of quivering to see you know, not what hunger... the next big sport's going to be. <laughs> this is not a Hunger Games tripe. Oh, you're still going. <laughs> you're still doing that. Thanks. Thank you. That's our okay, Mitch. Oh! <laughs> this podcast this is, is all over. Just off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's good, good for them. Good for them. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's not the witty repartee that I'm looking for here, Alistair. You'd think, though, that, like... Given the prevalence of guns in action movies normally, that like every other Olympics, the shooting would be really popular. Yeah. But it's not. Do they shoot skeet or do they sh- like moving targets or, or is it a mix? Do I they think, shoot all kinds of things? I think there is there is skeet shooting. Mm. Skeet, skeet, skeet. Skeet, skeet, skeet. Um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, there's also like fixed target. And then isn't it part of the triathlon? Yeah, I or think something it is. that's like Wait, you, no, you run, the, you shoot, the or de- decathlon? No, a triathlon is running 
Walk, running, swimming, and cycling. Okay, is it part? You're of thinking it? of the Winter Olympics. No, where no, you just get out to shoot things, like in that James Bond movie. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's like maybe it's part of the decathlon. I'm sure. I'm sure there is a thing where there's like you run, that's so and then you shoot some stuff. So someone and then has you, to. I don't know. Like someone has to learn how to be an amazing play a pickup runner. game of one on one. Well, can this extend to other spots? Like, would weightlifting be more popular because of Jersey Shore? Could athletics get extra bums on seats because of all those fucking Florence and the Machine songs that are all about running and pushing and shaking it up? Yeah. Is there a sport that involves shaking something? Or oh, it's shake, shake it off, isn't it? Well, is it shake it? So maybe that's after they get out of the pool. Yeah, like like a dog, you shake yourself <laughs> off. Droplets just go everywhere. Oh, <laughs> wow! The, the the synergies are just all over the shop. I love it. All right, and finally, because our fondness for Bruce Springsteen overrides our love for a theme. We need to talk about, not Kevin, but Kevin's old mate, Wayne Swan. The Australian Federal Treasurer raised, raised some eyebrows this week at a keynote speech for the ALP's Tasmanian Conference in Hobart. The show began with daughter Erin Swan reciting words from one of Bruce Springsteen's many fuck-off rich people anthems, The Ghost of Tom Joad. And Wayne peppered his speech with references to mining billionaires Clive Palmer and Gina Reinhardt saying they've got too much money and... Bruce would be not proud or something. The opposition has since accused the treasurer of trivialising his responsibilities, while shadow treasurer Joe Hockey said that he was not born to run the country. <laughs> Lols, There's your the segue right there. Is it? Yeah. Running! It's of course. a sport. Running is in, de- in fact a sport. <laughs> Sometimes yes. they defecate when they're done. You know, It's a <laughs> very heavy session. <laughs> Sometimes, but not always. It has that in common during. with federal politics, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a segue machine. Okay, okay. So, so first of all, what Wayne? What the fuck are you doing? Like, has he not learned anything from Reagan using Bruce Springsteen yeah. in the past, or as from a, as a political totem? There was a about ten years ago. I think maybe it was Costello or someone like that voiced his appreciation for Rage Against the Machine without having heard them. Wow! Just on the basis of the band name, I'm sure that was Costello. That would make sense. Or no, I was downer. thinking of... Um, was there That's... was a Labour guy earlier in the year who at a press conference like busted out uh, the Fresh Prince of Sky, Skyhook song. Like he did... Really? Yeah. Oh, that was... Because they were living in the 70s. And not that Craig Thompson. That, that was with? someone... Craig Emerson. Craig Emerson. Yeah, was Craig talking Emerson. about that small town that was supposedly going to be... Wyala, yeah. Wiped off the map by the carbon tax. That yeah. was really bizarre. It looked like he was having a stroke. That so, yeah. all right. We can all agree, like, music and politics, very strange bedfellows. Music talking about politics, I'm very... You know... I can take maybe 10% of the whole shit fight, but politics on music, no, 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 no. Yeah. No, stay away from that. It's all terrible. Yeah, I mean, people always try to use Daft Punk one more time when they're going for another term. Do they? Yeah. I've heard of that happening a lot. It had, It's happened in the States before. Um, I think wow. the Democrats used it. I mean, all right, the next thing I'm pissy about is, is like, like at, at the speech, Swan said that those lyrics resonate particularly now, which is such a bag of bullshit. Like, Australia is not the first country to have a bunch or a couple of super rich people that, mm. you know, haves and haves not. Like, that song's, what, 15, 20 years old? About that, It's not yeah. like he wrote it thinking, oh, there's going to be some mining magnates in Australia <laughs> yeah. in 20 years, <laughs> and this is all going to make sense. <laughs> yeah, plus, I mean, it's about, like... Uh, a man who walked along a railroad track. Yeah. That's pretty much all I know. Uh, well, it's because Tom Jones is one of the characters from The Grapes of Wrath. I've actually never read The Grapes of Wrath. I just know that because because of pop culture. Oh, okay. Thank but, you, but pop culture. But not being terribly literate. Probably from The Simpsons. <laughs> Thank you. Being, being poorly read on everything except the internet. <laughs> this, is, this is how I know. I wonder how Peter Garrett's feeling. It's like... <laughs> Bold. Wayne, do you know I, I have a couple of political songs? Yes, one or two. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, Blue Sky Mine, that's about mining. There you go. Yeah, you should have done that one. Have you noticed, have you ever seen Peter Garrett speaking in Parliament? Yes. He, like, dances, like he did on stage with Midnight Oil. Like Which he, is a poor man's Curtis. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Kind of like the robot. Yeah, it's sort of like a... Virus robot. Like a robot with Parkinson's. <laughs> See, I went... I went clean. <laughs> Maybe this is all just a passive-aggressive like stuff you to Peter Garrett. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. And that's all the time for our news today. Uh, follow our Twitter account at Podcast the Movie for, if you want to find out more. And always check out our SoundCloud page. Alright, now it is once more time for AV&A. Uh, sports with a Z themed, of course. So whip out your Letterman jacket. Get your pop culture javelin that you mm. always hold when you're watching pop culturally things. Do you think that Letterman was like... A letterman in high school, or I don't know. Probably not. He doesn't really strike me as the athletic type. No, mm. no. Uh, he might have to defer to Paul Schaefer when he does the important things. He may have been like the team manager. You know, there's always that dude. Yeah, <laughs> like it's an honorary role. <laughs> yeah, where he's he's just slicing oranges. I feel like okay. he's a little too snarky for that. I feel like he would have been like the rebellious guy in high school. All right. Well, this is where we pick the best audio, visual, and all around awesome things from our week. Uh, this will be linked to sport. Somehow. Tangentially. If you can make the case, I will allow it. So let's <laughs> go first. Okay, well, my uh, audio for this week is... Um, it, it's a fairly circuitous rap, but I assure you it gets there. Um, <laughs> I've recently seen the latest uh, Bourne film, The Bourne Legacy. Oh, sweet. Which is really good. It's uh, written and directed by Tony Gilroy, who's one of my favourite film writing and directing people ever. <laughs> uh, I'm actually interviewing him, which I'm very excited about. Cool. But... Um, I have loved him for a very long time, and one of my favourite movies of all time is written by Tony Gilroy. It's The Cutting Edge, the early 90s Olympic ice skating... There we go. You've done <laughs> it. Screwball comedy. <laughs> You've done uh, it. But this is obviously the audio uh, section of the, uh, the AVNA. Mm-hmm. So I'm nominating The Cutting Edge just for its um, soundtrack, because if The Cutting Edge has one thing, it's banter, but if it has another thing, it's training montages. It does have training montages and out the wazoo. This movie just has so many amazing training montages set to just... How many can you fit into a single movie? You would be very surprised. <laughs> They're all set to like early 90s really pumping kind of... There are a few quieter moments with like ballady sort of solo ice skating montages but um, you know, the classic song that features is of course um, Right on Time by Black Box. The Loletta Holloway sampling. I'm going to nod my head because you, you know, like I know what is going on. You would um, totally know this song. Because right. you ride on time. I do? Ride on time. Gotta get up. Is it gotta get right up. Gotta on get time up. or ride on time? Well, the original, this is a bit of trivia for you. Uh, okay. The original song that it sampled was because you're right on time, but because Black Box are Italian and possibly don't give a shit, <laughs> <laughs> they called their version Ride on Time. Okay. Which kind of has a nice evocative bit of imagery to it, I guess. But yeah, Cutting Edge is just absolutely stacked with not just that, but like some amazing early 90s pop dance reggae somehow in the mix ace of bass bit of uh it over till it's over lenny kravitz surprisingly mm. no ace of bass but mm. a bit of lenny but yeah black box just absolutely amazing montages of like jogging through the wintry forest jostling each other you know doing sit-ups doing leg lifts doing ice skating yeah the soundtrack is just absolutely killer you Ridiculous. know black box barely scratches the surface fantastic so, yes um, well, I was going to say that I had to dig kind of deep for this one because I'm not really a sports guy, but actually I didn't. I'm just going to talk about what is actually one of my favorite albums of I don't know, probably the last 10 years, if not in terms of number of plays of all time. 
uh, Dropkick Murphy's The Warriors Code. It's about sort of three albums ago. It's the one that um, shipping up to Boston. So everyone knows that. And Just that's the Departed song. The Departed song. Which New Kids on the Block used as intro music when I saw them. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. <laughs> nice work. Um, but that links it to sports because they used that to advertise the AFL a couple of years ago. Does it? Do they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, They totally what, did. Shipping yeah. up to Boston. Yeah. I don't know why. Shipping up to Colin. It's a good song. It gets you fired up. Masculine. Shipping up to Magpies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That all fits. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also the title track is uh, about fighting Irish Mickey Ward, um, who is the subject of the movie The Fighter, which is what I'm going to be talking about for my V, because I'm uncreative. It's a bit of a preview. All Spoiler alert. <laughs> all ties in with Dropkick Murphys. You know what the Dropkick Murphys are like. Roller yep. King, Irish folk punk, sort of oi- with Irish stuff. Very good. Oh, and the bonus track on that album is Tessie, um, which is about the, well, is, is like, it was recorded to celebrate the Boston Red Sox winning the world series. Yes. A few years ago, but it references their previous win, which is, it was in 1919. Wow. Um, and the chorus is based on like the original song Tessie, uh, which was from a Broadway musical and was actually the Red Sox theme in like the right. 20s. And this isn't my V, but uh, Sad Malone from Cheers, Ted Danson, was a relief pitcher. For, for the, the Red Boston Sox. Red Sox. Yep. There you go. And Coach was his coach. 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 Yeah. <laughs> That's probably where they got his name. Holy yeah. crap. That had never occurred to me before. Uh, there you go. So yeah, Dropkick Murphy's The Warriors Code. It's Nicely rad. Done. Nicely done. Well, you guys have all done sterlingly in, in turning this into the theme, and I'm just probably going to ruin it, uh, by talking about the third and latest album from Plan B, uh, Ill Manners. Plan B is, of course, a English, off the bat, you'd say rapper, but... Um, He's got quite a good singing voice as well. Yeah, because the, the first album was basically straight ahead, kind of grimy uh, London Flats rap. Uh, the second album, The Defamation of Strickland Banks, was his concept album telling about a musician or, or a celebrity that um, got embroiled in some sort of a murder case. That's the uh, titular Strickland Banks. Exactly. Oh, titular. Um, and it was this fant- fantastic kind of like neon, neo-soul uh, effort that uh, it took me a long time because I was listening to that so much. It took me a long time to realise that he had this whole rap thing behind him. Third album probably goes back back towards that grimy rap uh, sound but it is he's really loving that concept album movie story cinematic thing going on there's actually an accompanying movie to Ill Manners uh, which he has directed and possibly stars in so the both the album and the movie tell several tales from the perspective of of several people uh, in the housing estate world maybe we could say without offending is one of them an athlete no, <laughs> shut up! I'm not struggling finished. to see. Okay, I'm okay. not finished. I'm gonna let you finish. Okay. I'm gonna let you finish. But I think I had the best sports A of all time. <laughs> You're gonna have to find out with Rob because this clearly isn't. Yeah, so you know, there's this like the, the drug dealer and the heroin addict and the, and the police and all that. Um, the album is amazing, and there is probably some sort of London Olympics connection tied to the London riots thing. The first album, the first single, Ill Manners, is very much focused on the London riots. Uh, is it ill, like, hey, man, that beat is so ill, or is it ill, like, I just ate some bad shellfish? Uh, the first one? <laughs> yes, okay. the first one. But it's, it's manners as in, like, manner homes rather, than, rather oh. than, like, social mores and etiquette. Wow. Yeah. So there's a pun, which, you know, you could go either way with, uh, but it's just a fantastic album. Mm. Not to be that guy, but I haven't yet heard how this relates to sport. Because it's in London. <laughs> yeah, London, London riots. Because it's in London. Yes. <laughs> 
people, she got- <laughs> people were annoyed in the riots about how much money was being spent on the Olympics instead of them. And people are now um, being annoyed at the Olympics about how it's kind of glossing over London as this fantastic... Uh, multicultural land where everyone is happy. All right. Well, my V for this week because I um, I don't play sports video games. I just you know they have their place. They exist for a reason. The only one I ever played was a Winter Olympics game that I had when I was a kid, uh, which was actually incredibly hard as games were back then. What about Ski or Die? That was pretty cool. I had Ski or Die or Skate or Die. It was basically the same thing. I think it was an early EA game. Mine was just called the Winter Olympics. I think something (laughs) very creative like that. Cool. You had like, oh, you had to do ski jumps and stuff like that. It was preposterous. Yeah, I had summer games for like the Master System and it was impossible. Like yeah. you had to run by pressing the A button? Yeah, but it's like, like with a, in a really precise <laughs> rhythm that I could never quite get down. Well, uh, my... Yeah, you know how professional athletes hmm. have to deal with it. Sorry, my I'll one say. exposure towards sports games is actually via um, sports mini games Because like I play a lot of... I'm a really big RPG nerd, as you know. Mm-hmm. I play a lot of like Squaresoft RPGs, you know, the Final Fantasy series, yeah. Kingdom Hearts, Persona, there's a whole bunch of them. But a lot of those games tend to have weirdly incongruous minigame elements just chucked in them. So that's what I'm talking about for my V this week, kind of celebrating slash denigrating those. Uh, so like Final Fantasy X, which I was talking about a couple of weeks back, has pro- possibly the most incongruous sporting minigame of all time. Last week. Yeah. Wow, that's How recent. How time flies. <laughs> Yeah, so basically uh, the main character plays this game called Blitzball, which is kind of a weird version of volleyball meets soccer meets ridiculous uniforms and like <laughs> buff tan guys who speak in very stupid accents. It's played in, because like, it's a very weird sort of futuristic but also anachronistic kind of world, it's played in a giant sphere of water. The characters all play like volleyball but in three dimensions, like swimming around, hitting the ball. But at certain sections of the game, you actually have to play Blitzball. And it's like the difficulty of this for what's basically a mini game is preposterously hard. <laughs> like the tutorial lasts an hour if you're willing to oh, do Jesus. the tutorial. Whoa. I wasn't. I was just like, fuck this noise. I'll figure it. But, um, you know, at, at certain points in the game, you have to actually play Blitzball. And it involves like you have to control a whole team. You have to give them certain skills and attributes. You have to do certain moves. A lot of it's just luck of the draw. The goalkeeper on your team is shit house. So even if you're really good at this mini game, you still lose because the goalkeeper <laughs> you never actually control cannot keep goals from not happening, which I think is the sports terminology. Yeah. So that's infuriating. But um, there's just, you know, Square, Squaresoft, this RPG, you know, house. house, just have so many of these things. Like throughout Final Fantasy, there are just a ton of weird mini games that you get involved in, like often involving chocobos and things like that. Yeah, maybe Squaresoft should be working with, like, you know, Texas oil barons to make the next stupidly popular game. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> they should try doing the reverse, where, like, say, like, NBA 2K13 will have, like, a mini game where you have, like, a drinking contest or something. Or, <laughs> or you have to like... level up one of your players for 18 hours. Yeah. <laughs> by grinding against lots of enemies in battle. So yeah. that they can, like, <laughs> then beat the hell out of someone in the parking lot completely separate to the game you're playing. Yeah, yep. that's actually a really good idea. I would yeah. play that. Mm, that would yeah. be, like, a Rockstar sports game. Mm. Where all the action happens outside the arena. Totally. Mm, I like it. We should, if this happens, <laughs> Rockstar, we now, it's on tape. Yeah, it's on we're tape. Copyrighted We're on to you. All right, well, mine, I, I gave my V away just before. Oh. <laughs> Several years ago, to be fair. Two years um, ago. Yeah, it was two. I was there. No one to At the tender age of 27. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, my V for this week is the movie The Fighter. Um, because 
I'm not a sports guy at all. Like, I kind of like, I don't mind watching AFL. Emblematic by the fact that you call him a sports guy. A sports guy. Well, that's the, that's, <laughs> that's the official. That's what they call You're themselves. a sports yeah. guy, right? Hey, I'm a sports guy. Um, <laughs> the Fighter. Yes, The Fighter. Uh, 2010, that came out, directed by David O. Russell. Yep. Um, but yeah, not being a sports fan, mostly it's because I don't have the attention span to sit down and watch like even a full boxing match. And that's just guys punching each other in the face. So that should be a freebie. <laughs> but I can't be bothered watching the whole thing. Whereas I find like in movies, when they like edit the thing down into like a an awesome two-minute sequence, yeah. that's where the true enjoyment of sports comes in for me. Like... Mm-hmm. Um, American football, I think, is is like the worst sport to actually watch a three and a half hour game of. Do not ruin my V. But edited down into like a two minute sequence, yes. it's awesome. Any given Sunday was really good. Yeah, any given Sunday is Holy crap, that guy lost an eye. Yeah. Yeah, it just popped right <laughs> out. It's like right the out. one moment that everyone remembers from that movie. And it had Mr. James Woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the fighter is um, it's about fighting Irish Mickey Ward, who sort of came up from the the Minor leagues, I get minor leagues. I don't know how that works. I think so. His older brother, Dickie Eklund, had fought Sugar Ray Robinson in the 60s. They're sort of a working class family from Boston. It's an underdog sports movie. Uh, I think, actually, the sad thing about The Fighter is that virtually everyone in the main cast was nominated for an Academy Award except for Mark Wahlberg. Like, I He's think doing all right. Amy He's Adams, Melissa Leo, and Christian Bale were all nominated, and Mark Wahlberg didn't get a look in. I thought he was actually really good in The Fighter. Uh, particularly the the not you showcase that was just textbook acting. Um, he gets to be Mark Wahlberg though. That's something none does. of the other people in the cast get. To that be. is true. So he's doing all right. Yeah, um, but you know it's just it's just a great movie. Like it's pretty. It's actually a really straightforward thing from David O. Russell, given that he's normally a bit more sort of off kilter. Mm. Um, but he and Mark Wahlberg are friends, and this was a real passion project for Mark Wahlberg, being also a kid from South Boston. Um, but yeah, like if you haven't seen it, and even if you're not really into boxing or sports movies. It's just like a cracking good watch. Oh. Good character stuff, great fight scenes, good music. I like it. Nice. You have to as well. Oh. Yes, must. Um, well, I, I, like my, for my V, my one and only note I've got, and you can all see it on this computer, probably Friday Night Lights, <laughs> question mark. <laughs> so I figure from that I can just rant for a couple of minutes. Look, we've all, not all of us, uh, Rob and I have spoken at length about Friday Night Lights uh, in all its glory. Uh, on several different occasions, so the the the, uh, the movie with I'm Billy in the Bob, pro camp. I um haven't watched beyond like just gotta get into the beginning it. of season two, but I am very pro. Well, he's yeah. So Alistair is is not against it, so that's <laughs> we're all in in agreement. Uh, so there's the movie. Obviously, it started back with the with the book, and then obviously it's turned into a, to a movie, and then more recently turned into a five season spanning uh, American television series. Just. Like what Rob was talking about, uh, being able to condense the, the I guess, the passion and the aggression and the athleticism of football, removing any of the, the fact that it takes 12 hours to watch a game yeah. type thing. The fact that they actually stop play for commercial breaks. Yeah. Right? Insanity. It's surprising. They kind of sub- subversively, the show becomes less about football as the show goes on. Mm. Uh, you know, towards the end, you might even see one game in... in four episodes or something like that. Cannot pour enough platitudes enough onto this show. Everyone's fantastic. More recently, uh, I just saw the latest episode of Breaking Bad. It had like two minutes of Jesse Plemons who played Landry in Breaking Bad and it was enough for me to go, oh my God, it's Breaking Bad slash Friday Night Lights sploosh. It's sports. It is. Sports. Mm. It is. It is. That, that was actually a sporty one. That yeah. Was. Much different You've to my other You've raised one. the standard 
Of me, yeah. <laughs> raised my standard. You've raised everyone's standard. Cool. We're a team here. Rock family. on. Rock on. Well, my awesome for this week is just uh, something actually London Olympics related. The only part of the London Olympics that I've enjoyed. Uh, it's a video that's gone viral. Uh, I think it's called London Olympic Lady Loves Her Job. But it's this, this woman is my new favorite person. Basically, <laughs> the video is uh, of a London Olympic employee slash volunteer uh, sitting on a sort of elevated lifeguard-style lifeguard chair outside one of the major train stations, one of the major concourses uh, sort of leading to the Olympic venue uh, on the day of the opening ceremony, directing people to, you know, where they needed to be, tourists and such. But uh, I don't know, this lady just had it going on. She, um, the reason the video was called London Olympic Lady Loves Her Job is that she, she was loves job. Um, bringing a very dry sensibility to the whole thing. She was calling out to see lots of smiling faces Calling out to see people, you know, hollering if they love the Olympics, but but in a very British voice, in like, a very British. Did she have a delightful sort of Cockney? Oh no, she had a very sort of Amy Winehousey kind of. All right, everyone's here at the London twenty twelve Olympics. <laughs> We're gonna tell our children's 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 children that we were here <laughs> or that we just walked past and heard some of it. She was just, I cannot even talk about how great this girl is, but just through her sheer lack of enthusiasm for the Olympics, I think she, she just bolstered everyone. She galvanized everyone. You know, she had um, people I'll taking you. photos. Someone obviously shot this great video, which they put on YouTube. She was asking people to tag me on Facebook <laughs> <laughs> so her mum could see. She's going to apparently get a, a screen cap of this video and frame it for her mum. But yeah, like, I don't know who this girl is. Uh, hopefully she gets her own comedy show or something because she is, like, amazing. So, cool. yeah, the, the London Olympic lady who loves her job is my awesome thing for this week. Nice. Maybe she could guest star on Mrs. Brown's Boys. Oh, God, no. And make it better. It pains oh, me that there is so in me much mash. mediocrity out there when this girl is, is still in obscurity, <laughs> Quite so. Well, okay, my awesome is also Olympics related, rather appropriately. That would make um, sense. I was watching QI on iView the other night, the, the Stephen Fry panel show. QI stands for quite interesting, which about sums up the show. That's quite intelligent. Because it's like, oh, that's quite interesting. Okay. But it's not sort of earth shattering stuff. Not it's, always just, interesting. it's always just kind of like irritating minutiae, and you're like, oh, that's quite interesting. Don't but apparently. Pushing things out of your brain. That are probably actually important. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Like ITFSFA, which is, it's that fucking Stephen Fry again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they were saying on, on QI that the Olympics used to like contain a lot of sort of like intellectual pursuits and even sort of civil pursuits. So like you were saying earlier, Alistair, town planning mm. used to be something you could win an Olympic medal for. I feel like dressage, which is the thing where people dress up all posh and ponce around on horses is one of the kind of the last vestiges of that that more genteel and obscure Olympics that, that we used to take part in. Mm. But my, well, my lovely have wife... to do stuff. Like, they have to they, pose and... They do. They maneuver. sort of put their... Yeah. Arm... The front one's arms? No, they're legs. It's kind they're of like... all legs. <laughs> right. It's... I, I think if dressage is an event, sheepdog trials ought to be an event because it's basically <laughs> yeah. the same yeah, thing. Yeah, no, totally, yeah. Or, like, just show dogs in general. All just, like, roll, roll crufts into the Olympics. I'd watch... The, if the Olympics had animals, I would watch them. Can you, get an an, can you get an elephant to do dressage? Or, like, maybe a giraffe? You could. They, they, they can go, If trained. you can ride yeah. it, then you can put... It, you can compete yeah. in dressage. Yeah. Camels. So, take that, Tara Reid. But, yeah, so my lovely wife came up with an idea to make dressage more interesting. Basically, the rider and the horse, you swap their clothes around. 
Not swap, swap their roles around. No, no, the, the rider, rider is, might die. The rider would almost certainly die. <laughs> the rider is still on the horse, but the rider is wearing a blanket and blinkers. Yep. And the horse <laughs> is wearing a top hat and tails with a monocle. Now, I've realised that the riders don't typically wear monocles they in dressage, but stage. I'm sure they did at some stage, and monocles make everything better. So yep. essentially, dressage, just swap the clothes around. I would watch that all year round. And at the every, end of every race, the horse gets to give the rider a sugar cube. Yeah. Off its lip. Good and girl. Of oats. Good girl. Well, if I can just add my own two cents, my idea for making dressage more interesting, just two words. Sean Ryder. <laughs> <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> what he's in the mix. Is. And the scoring is all up to Bez. <laughs> and he's like, I have no idea. What yeah, I don't like, have any job. I'll give you a pill, like, <laughs> got half a dozen in my pocket. There you go. He has a 12-inch of Abba's arrival. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, rounding off uh, our Sports of the Z AV&A tribute episode, I, this one is actually Olympics-related, so I'm coming home strong, and I will just quote carte blanche from a story from The Guardian. So there has been some, maybe, questions about the the uh, atmosphere at some of these events with the loud things happening on in in the music world so during saturday's women's are you 80 yes <laughs> <laughs> and what bill cosby talks about with right. the loud things in the things and the jello pudding puffs that's like bill cosby goes walking walking yes um all right so apparently walking cinematic about. team Mm. Shut up. <laughs> so, right, so apparently during during Saturday's uh, women's uh, 10,000 meter final, there were some complaints about the, the pumping and dance music soundtrack that was detracting from the action. But uh, a few days later, a, spokesman, a spokeswoman from the London 2012 organizing committee said that the use of music had been cleared by the international federations. Wow. And that it had received, quote, loads of really positive feedback about the atmosphere in the venue. It's just kind of, it's, it's funny to see, like, all right, do we, need the, do we need music because otherwise it's just a bunch of people running around 40 times? Or is the music detracting from a pe- bunch of people running around 40 well, times? They've been really emphasising the musical side of it. The Chemical Brothers made that track, Velodrome, mm. which yeah, I believe was or- for the aquatics. Um, I definitely yeah. Yeah. Orbital and Elbow and obviously the Arctic Monkeys and... and, yeah. and Macca, Sir Macca, just showed up because he is the most British thing of all time, presumably. I guess so. I feel like Ringo's it's kind of, it's overkill. I mean, I don't know. Credibility, obviously, is a, a made-up construct. <laughs> but I seriously feel like if I was in a band, even if it was like a really well-established, you know, beloved outfit like the Chemical Brothers, I'd feel a bit naff doing a song for the Olympics. Well, I mean... It's kind of like a school project or something, you know? It's like... <laughs> it's a school project that, pla- that pays for your next five mortgages. I guess so. So... Devil's Advocate, LCD did do that... That Nike. running track for Nike is that? Do that's you, way do you more okay for me. Dissimilar, that's which is not a running track. I've tried. It's <laughs> not just good. kind of one of the. Bleh. I am more okay with selling out to an evil corporation than <laughs> selling out to the Olympics. Well, if it's any consolation, is selling out to different? the Olympics is like selling out to literally hundreds of evil corporations at one time. Yeah, it's being really efficient. I don't know. There's just something naff about the Olympics. You know, it's <laughs> like the opening ceremony. Like you've made a track for something where there's a giant Voldemort and a bunch of Mary Poppinses <laughs> running around. Like, that's not something that... I've, it should that's, a, that's bad noise. Mm. I don't want that on my mind. You're I don't want to go to bed thinking I've contributed to this, you know? 
Fair so, enough. apparently that's my A. <laughs> I don't really know. I don't know, really what, that one. I don't know what I'm for or against. Um, that but one you're just happy to be quickly. involved. So I am. I'm just really happy to be... Hand fast. I'm just happy to, you know, just to, just to show up to the event. It's but, an honor just to be nominated. Oh, that's yes. a completely different event. Different Never event, mind. but much more arbitrary. And that's our AVNA for the week. Listeners, if you want to find out more about anything we've been talking about, follow our Twitter account at PodcastTheMovie on Sound or on the SoundCloud page. So, welcome to the section of the podcast that we like to call Alistair asks Mitch and Rob a bunch of really difficult questions until they vomit and or cry, which for this week is I called... I think it the, between crying <laughs> and vomiting. Mm, Sports yeah. with a Z, colon, the podcast, colon, the quiz. <laughs> Points are awarded for correct answers and for finesse. Points are taken off and at my fair. discretion if the guys give me any lip. Uh, we're going to have a fun quiz. Let's keep it above the belt. Question one. Yes. The video for Vampire Weekend's Giving Up the Gun yes. features members of the band performing yes. at an indoor tennis tournament. Which of these well-known people makes an appearance? A. Kirsten Dunst. B. Rizza. C. Sheila Booth. Or D. Little Wayne. First of all, I was of the understanding <laughs> that the only people who still made music videos were Beyonce and Lady Gaga, so I have no idea about this at all. No, it's the Rizza. He's an, he's an umpire. Yes. I wouldn't. I wouldn't overthink this. That is correct. Yes, we're up to a banging start. All right. And what's his name? Gyllenhaal. Yeah, he was in it too. Yeah, good stuff. Which of these sporting songs was written because the movie's producers couldn't get the rights to Queen's "Another One Bites the Dust"? Was it A. "Eye of the Tiger" from Rocky Three? B. "You're the Best Around" from Karate Kid? C. "Take My Breath Away" from Top Gun? Or D, Sounds Chariots sports. of Fire from Chariots Are of Fire. Are you counting that as a sports movie because that was the volleyball thing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you read my mind, Alexander. <laughs> yeah, well, it wouldn't be Another One Bites the Dust because that would that would make sense for Karate Kid 2, but not for the first Karate Kid. Uh, you might be overthinking no, I'm logic thinking, in sports I'm movies. Thinking, I'm thinking Rocky 2, though. This is Have you what heard I'm the Space Jam soundtrack? I, I have heard I Believe I Can Fly. Okay, so what are we answering? Oh, God. Rocky 3? I oh. think Rocky 3, yeah. Let's not overthink this. Shockingly, you're correct. Boom. Two for two. What was the answer? Rocky three. What was no, the no, question? What was the song? Uh, oh. Eye of the Tiger. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. As a fan of people urinating on each other, Mitch. Yes. R. Kelly's cover of I Believe I Can Fly is yeah. on the soundtrack so of Space Jam. Dude, we're, we're ahead of you. fucking killing this. How did oh, Florida nice. police officers describe the amount of <laughs> pornography that was found in R. Kelly's home <laughs> during a raid in 2002? A. Obscene. B, impressive, C, unusual, or D, gobsmacking? <laughs> B, this one is just right. <laughs> okay, well, gobsmacking is too English, so they wouldn't have said that. This is not Florida. in Florida. No. This is not in Florida. The Everglades. Yeah. Keys. Do we think um, it's wild Do things. we think it's disturbing? See, I don't think... I'm going with, like, in, in Parks and Recreation, you know how there's that montage of, like, the cops all like talking about the same incident and using the same words. They all use really neutral kind of language. So So I don't think they would say obscene because that would be too much like a value judgment. So is it impressive or unusual? I'd like to think that like some dry wit would have described it as impressive, but I think I'm going to go with you and we're going to say unusual. You know what? Sports is obviously your area because you're now three for three. We are crushing it. You're crushing this. Congratulations, guys. In your face, sports. Which means (laughs) if we were using the sports vernacular, we are coming... First. <laughs> yeah. In the match. There You're you winning the match. In this game match. The phenomenon of athletes crossing over into pop music is not unknown, 
but which of these athletes has never attempted a musical crossover? Mm. A. Jacques Villeneuve, B. Oscar De La Hoya, C. Michael Phelps, or D. Mike Tyson? Okay, Tyson has. We I'm pretty sure De La Hoya has. Yep. I might just say Michael Phelps. Straight out and out. He's the swimming. Yeah, player. all right. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with you on like, that. And if he yeah. did, because he did that whole thing getting caught doing bong rips a couple of years ago, it would be like a really, really bad Jack Johnson kind of mm. like Michael Phelps. Phelpsy. Yep, we still have that to look forward to from Phelps. Mm. He is now the most decorated Olympic athlete in the history of... Olympic athletes or decorated... He's, I think yeah, he was I decorated believe. gold medals because there's one guy who's just won a thousand bronze. BuzzFeed has a great thread about Michael Phelps looking like a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Overwhelmed monkey, unhappy monkey. Is this what we would call the halftime? Where we have oranges and just look at Michael Phelps looking like a monkey? Yep, and yeah. I would totally hit that. <laughs> okay, moving on from that. Okay. <laughs> Atlanta yeah. hip-hop duo, tag team... Outcast. ...scored a hit with their track, Whoop, There It Is which is still played to death at basketball games and similar events. Which of these people is a founding member of Tag Team? Oh, wow. Is it A, Chuck E, the cheese, B, Tasty Taste, the fresh maker, C, DC, the brain supreme, or D, Flex, Pax, the mighty? <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it, no matter what we choose, we're all coming out of this winners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're That's all, flex pecs, pecs with two X's. We're all best for knowing that Alistair had to spend his morning writing these. <laughs> yeah, the fact that you made up at least three of those. Or three of those, you know. I at made most up three no, at most three of them. At, at most least, three of them. I yeah. fucking know you're under something dodgy. <laughs> I did not make up one of those. One of those was made up by a member of Atlanta Hip Hop Duo Tag Team. Flex pecs. Flex pecs? Flexpex? It's just amazing. Yeah, it's too good. We have to go with Flexpex. Sadly, DC the Brain Supreme is a member of Well, that's fine, because Flexpex is going to be my firstborn. Hmm. But you guys have been well, my very... my first two. You guys have been very complimentary and very flattering, so I'm going to give you a point anyway. In the Yay. spirit of sportsmanship. That's Aww. a lesson, kids. Five for five. If you can't win from actually getting things right, just suck up. Just, just suck up. Yeah. Now, question number six, I believe, or seven. Six or seven. Yeah, it's a... If you don't know, then I'm on 100 points. We're having a nice time here. Let's not overthink this. The video for the Chemical Brothers' 1997 single, Electrobank, featured a young woman competing in a rhythmic gymnastics competition. But who was the woman? Was it A, Natalie Portman, B, Sofia Coppola, C, Scarlett Johansson, or D, Christina Ricci? It was Sofia Coppola, yeah. Our retention is useless. Mm. (laughs) I totally thought that was a Fat Boy Slim clip, but there you go. Yep. The video clip for Ayers Kelly Watch the Stars features table tennis players. Yes. Which of these is not a defensive stroke in table tennis? <laughs> a. Push. B. Chop. C. Lob. Or D. Flick. I reckon the lob is not defensive. I think the lob is, it's like, offensive. Attack. Yeah. That's what you're going for? Are we, get, are we, are we Makes, happy with that? Look, my, I, I, can't, I can't follow my, my logic. Like the, the, the weak logic that I just came up with straight <laughs> off the perfect. top of my head. Yeah. You were shockingly close, but actually the flick is an offensive oh, stroke. Oh, man. The flick sounds like it would be like defensive. Like, but oh lost. shit, he just lobbed it at me and I'm going to flick it back at him. It does, but you're giving someone the flick. That's kind of offensive. Uh, true, that is offensive. Good effort, though. Hmm. Top effort. I wish I could give you a point for effort, no. but I can't. <laughs> it's the rules. That's the rules. Whitney Houston's One Moment in Time, co-written by Albert Hammond Sr., just FYI, mm, nice. the shit you find out on Wikipedia, was the theme song to the 1988 Olympics. Which of these facts is not true about Whitney Houston? A. She almost played the role of Sandra Huxtable on The Cosby Show. B. There is a school named after her in her hometown of East Orange, New Jersey. C. She invested in an alpaca farm in upstate New York. 
or D, her soundtrack for The Preacher's Wife is the all-time best-selling gospel album. I cannot f- handle the pressure. I'm fairly sure that number four is true. Wait, if we show. do not finish, does that count we don't lose points? Yeah, can we just abstain? You can. I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> That's kind of what I was aiming for. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice for you to finish this quiz feeling disappointed for a change. All right. Well, I'm going fin- to finish it feeling smug because I'm not telling you. <laughs> Damn it. No! <laughs> if only there was some sort of source of information that was all the world over that we would be able to find out this. Through. Well, it's up to you. The onus is on you. I said onus. One of these hilarious facts is untrue, but it's up to you to find out which one. Okay, I feel like A is untrue because, like, she would have been way too big to be taking a regular role in a sitcom at the time. I definitely think there is a school, if not six months ago, then there is one now named in Yeah, true. Let's do it. Let's do this shit. <laughs> A? A? I am going to hit you. I am absolutely going to hit Sadly, you. Sadly, that one is true. It's oh. the alpaca farm because that's bullshit. Alpaca farm? Really? That's a thing? <laughs> she that was mental. There are alpacas. Yep. People. Not There are alpacas, but not in Whitney Houston's <laughs> orbit. Alistair's not refuting the existence of alpacas, <laughs> but fuck I made you. made that up. But fuck you. I'll take that. I'll take that. But Do I get half a point for swearing at you and then we end up on half a point? Yes. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah, a point. <laughs> yes. We won because we won. of my awesome finagling deals. Yes. And also because there is no opposition. So we both won and lost at one time. You know who the real winner today is? Podcasting. Mm-hmm. The yeah. media in general. Probably like, not. I would Rama. go further than just podcasting. <laughs> Australia. I would say the history of ideas is richer for what we have done today. I'd say nomenclature. And taxonomy are both richer for True. what we've done. That is the end of our Sports with a Z uh, tribute for, for our podcast, the movie. How do we even wrap this up? How do they wrap up sport things? They drop the, the mic. What do they, the sport guys do? Michael Phelps dropped the mic, but then it got broken. They go on grinder, I guess. Did he have to pay for it? Actually, if he you're that rowing guy, you get really pissed up and smash up a bunch of That's shop true. fronts and, and have then, to be escorted home. And then Let's allegedly, allegedly faint <laughs> uh, at the cop shop. All right. Well, that is that is the end today. Uh, thank you, Alistair thank Duncan. You. Thank you, Robert Newcomb. You're welcome. Shut up, Alistair. <laughs> you you lose ten points in the made up quiz that I'm just making up. Uh, listeners, if you want to find out anything more, just check out the uh, Twitter feed at Podcast the Movie SoundCloud page. Cool. It's been real. I had a million in ten points before, so I'm still. That's like nine hundred ninety nine thousand. <laughs>